Welcome to Immortal X-Friends, a conversation podcast about the X-Men and the upcoming Destiny of X. Uh, We are your hosts, Cody. Riley. And we are very excited to talk about this next era of Krakoa. Riley, we are are doing this on the eve of a very very special evening. Uh, X-Deaths and X-Lives Wolverine just finished uh, just a few hours ago for both of us. How are you feeling as as we start this podcast journey together? Uh, okay. Yeah. I think, um, lives and deaths didn't really go the way that we thought it would. Nor, nor anyone. I hoped it would. (laughs) But next week is exciting. Immortal X-Men is beginning and that's going to be hopefully really awesome. Really, hopefully it kind of continues the high that we felt when we finished Inferno. Yeah, I completely agree. Riley and I are very excited. Riley and I are, uh... Uh, friends in the real world mm-hmm. uh we we were co-workers for a while and now um we we both help sustain each other's comic book supplies yep. so so we spend way too much money on comic books each month way way too much but it's, it's good to have have someone to spend that with uh so we wanted to open up today um we have a we have a deep love for for x-men and comics uh uh, all comics, particularly Marvel recently, and so as we start to embark on this next age of Krakoa, the destiny of X, as it's being marketed, we wanted to do our our top X excitements for Destiny of X, or the top 10, 10, 10 things that we're most excited for for the Destiny of X. Yeah. Um, so Riley and I have each prepared our list of our, our top 10. I'm excited. We have not seen each other's list to see what lines up and um <clears throat> let's let's go Riley. what do you have yours in any particular order i don't mm, it's just 10 things that i'm i'm hoping to see more of some threads that i hope that they decide to pull uh in this next era all right so we'll start uh riley go ahead start with start with your number 10 in no particular order uh number 10 um Something that I, you know, it's been a little while since um, planet-sized X-Men and, and the last year's Hellfire Gala happened, but um, something that I really enjoyed was how the rest of the world is responding to mutants kind of taking their their place as the next evolutionary step. Um, there were moments where, you know, they finished terraforming the moon or, or terraforming, terraforming Mars and... Uh, Captain America and Doctor Doom have a moment where they just they kind of look at each other and say I'm not (laughs) sure what these guys are doing right now Um, so as they kind of keep making these more bold steps forward I'm kind of hopeful that we see more reaction from other heroes Um, there's there's some plots happening with Reed Richards right now in the background I want to I want to see more reaction of how people are responding to mutants kind of taking these steps forward. That's I think, one of mine. I think that's something that was so fun about the Hellfire Gala is we we saw them cross over a little bit in King and Black and Empire, but pretty much that first era of Krakoa was was so isolated. Right. Yeah. It was it was so X specific, which was great. Um and so I think getting to see exactly what you're talking about, see these heroes and villains from from the rest of the Marvel Universe really start to react has been very fun, and yeah. I think think that is something that it's already started to deliver on a little bit more, and it looks like it's coming with Judgment Day. 
yeah. uh, being the big focus. And we got to see it a little bit in in Trial of Magneto, which neither you nor I were were that big of fans of. Yeah. But getting to see the Avengers starting to interact and at least acknowledge what's going on on Krakoa, I think, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm, I'm very much looking forward to that as well. That kind of leads into my number 10 um, with... I, I think I'm very, very excited. You talked about the Hellfire Gala. I'm going to go with that, too. I'm, I'm so excited that the Hellfire Gala this year is just one jumbo issue. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I loved Planet-Sized X-Men. I think that was that was one of the highlights for my top comics of 2021, like, out of everything that we read. And so I think the fact that we're getting that event that uh, just a lot of fondness for, a lot of fun for, um, as, like, a big book... Um, and I'm obviously going to be a sucker for anything that has Cyclops on the cover. Um, but just seeing kind of the positioning of where these characters are. Also exciting, Marvel's usually pretty stingy with revealing how much time has passed in the comics universe. But there's a second Hellfire Gala that's kind of confirming that it's been a year. Yeah. And that's, that's, a, that's a big deal for them. And that's exciting thinking like it's now established that Krakoa has been around for over a year, if yeah. that's the case. I think, yeah, I think that's going to be really exciting. I The thing that excites me most about the next Hellfire Gala happening is that I really love when some of the things going on for the mutants ends up being really consequential for other people yeah. living in the universe. And so many of the, you know, of the arcs that have been happening in various books have been, you know either isolated to Krakoa or happening in Otherworld or somewhere where it's kind of just the mutants only that are kind of dealing with what it feels like. And, um, yeah, if this year's Hellfire Gala feels anything like last year, it'll be cool to have some, like, big consequential things happening and Mm -hmm. for, you know, major events to not feel so isolated kind of in in their own corner of the world. Yeah, Yeah, that would be a good one. I agree. So what's your number nine? Um, the next one is, uh, you know, many of these are going to be tied to hopefully things that we find out in the first few issues of Immortal X-Men specifically. But um, when we left off in Inferno 4, um, we have all of the the characters that sit on the Quiet Council finding out about Moira and all of her lives and the secret that... Uh, Magneto and Xavier have been holding on to for these few years so my I have a lot of questions as to how each of those characters are going to respond to information like this um, the the first character that I'm most excited to see is uh, how does Mr. Sinister kind of uh, how does he feel about all of this now that he you know if all of these characters are going to be feeling sort of betrayed by this secret kind of you know kept in the dark I feel like this is going to give Mr. Sinister some, you know, some uh, electricity to kind of misbehave. Um, and I'm really <laughs> excited to see how he decides to respond to this kind of, you know, earth-shaking news yeah. that he's found out. I love that. I'm going to jump in with my number nine because it's really similar. I am so excited for council character-centric books mm-hmm. with Immortal X-Men. I am a big fan of uh, Kieran Gillen's Wicked and Divine, um, which that book has some brilliant, brilliant issues that focus specifically on like a certain character and their mm-hmm. perspective of what's going on. I think while Hickman is like the king of revealing like 
like while you were looking at these panels, what you didn't notice was that this was actually happening later on. Like Gillen, Gillen does that so well with uh, character perspectives. Of, of just showing you literally the same events but from someone else's point of view mm. or providing a bit more of their backstory. So I'm, I'm so excited for the sinister version of that. I'm so excited to see uh, a book told from Destiny's perspective and yeah. how someone who is um, in see the future like sees the world mm-hmm. and, and just getting a bit more of those pieces. And I'm, I, I think he's going to do a really great job of connecting that to the present day of Krakoa like I don't think we're just going to get a lot of retrospectives I am I'm excited to see what this looks like moving forward yeah with all those characters yeah I think I'm on the same page with you and I think that's my so that's my number that's my number nine what do you I'll kind of um my next one I'll kind of uh it it fits really nicely with everything we've talked about the last few minutes but um the character another character that I'm excited to see um you know what happens next with them is uh is Emma in that she has now kind of she's had her hands in so many different things throughout this last phase or two you know she's hellfire trading and she's dealing with um you know those characters on the side but then she's also in the lead of the hellfire gala and also on the quiet council and you know and also doing things with professor x and all this stuff like doing things with scott she yeah and with scott maybe um she's had her hands in all of these different things and she's recently taken the step away from hellfire so that she can put more of her weight into the quiet council and if this character who's kind of had so many different avenues is willing to kind of put one of them down so that she can put her weight into the quiet council especially after being the one that resurrects xavier and eric at the end of inferno I'm excited to see how she deals with this as the one who made the decision to tell the rest of the Quiet Council about what had been happening. So I think not only Sinister with just like how how ridiculous is he going to get, but also Emma Frost has made a big choice that kind of goes against what she's been doing the last two phases. So how is she going to respond and... How is her role in the Quiet Council going to change now that she's taking such a hard focus into it? I think that's a really good point. I think Emma, especially just in this past, in the past few, in the past decade and a half, I would say, of X-Men books, really since Astonishing, like, different writers have alternated between is Emma Frost a villain, is she a hero? And I really like that this era of Krakoa has instead decided to focus on what what venue of kind of like morally gray hero she is. Mm-hmm. Like, do we want to focus on Emma as the school teacher? Do we want to focus on her as as this this council member? Do we want to focus on her as this this shrewd businesswoman? And I, I really I agree. I feel like it's neat where she's realizing finally that she is all of these things. Mm-hmm. And so focusing on what does that combination look like? Cause right now I would argue that I, I think she is the top dog on Krakoa. Yeah. Like I, I think after the events of Inferno and even with everything that's going on in X-Men devil's reign right now, like, like Emma's, Emma's kind of, she, she is the boss of, of the nation. Yeah. Yeah. If there's, there's not a, you know, a head quiet council seat, but I think she is definitely there. Yeah. And after, you know, they 
in one of the Inferno issues, they when they reveal everything to her, when she has the moment where she reads, uh, reads the mind and gets all of the information in there, she has the moment where she understands why Charles and Eric have done what they've done and all of that stuff. Yeah. But, you know, she has the moment as she, you know, walks out in her diamond form that, you know, she never, you know, she tells them straight up, well, I will never trust you again. Yeah. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see her steps forward. I completely agree with you. And speaking of people that I'm very excited to see make steps forward, they've been one of my favorite ideas since very early on in Krakoa. Is I am I am very excited to see the new team of war captains with Bishop as captain commander mm. taking taking center stage. Yeah. I don't know when that's going to happen. I want it to happen. I want it to happen every week in comics. There has been a few issues. Uh, uh, Hickman's X-Men during the Empire event with Magneto taking center stage with Cyclops and Gorgon uh, with uh, Charles and, and Magneto and Apocalypse at like the UN Council. Like We got to see them in action, but I am, I'm very ready to see this generation of Bishop, Magic, um, Psylocke and and Cyclops as the fourth captain, like taking charge and yeah. just just really the those four alone, I think, are just such powerhouses in the yeah. Marvel universe and the fact that they are all aligned and not just that, but starting uh, a strategy school to raise like not even the next generation of X Men, but the next generation of essentially like mutant soldiers. I am right. I'm so interested in that, and I think that that just has so much untapped potential that I'm really hoping I don't even know what book that could happen in um, because there's not really a focus for that right now but I, I feel like I feel like that is something that Immortal X-Men could explore that relationship between the council and the captains or even the X-Men book between uh, Cyclops's role as as a right. superhero leader and a captain I just I really want to see that explored more that's been one of my favorite aspects from the beginning but I'm, I'm hoping we get to see that yeah, and some of those character focus issues are just really they stand out. Mm-hmm. You know, the the Empire Magneto issue being really a standout favorite for me, along with the UN issue that you're referencing yeah. with Apocalypse. Just the the whole idea of Apocalypse going to a place where they're having a, a meeting like this is just some of these character centric issues are really great. Um I think uh, moving away from some of the Immortal X-Men stuff, um, the the storyline that's kept me most intrigued over the last few years is um, is everything that's going on with Orcus and with yeah. Nimrod and um, kind of continuing with some of the storylines that were established with House and Powers, um, going through some of the X-Men issues and then into Inferno. Um, I'm really loving uh, Duggan's X-Men book right now, and I just want to see how Orcus is going to continue to grow and expand. Um, some of the data pages lately have had all of the different branches of Orcus and the different, um, you know, experts and the leads in different fields. And how is this going to continue to branch out? Um, now you have involvement with Abigail Brand. How is this going to continue moving forward? Yeah. Uh, how is Nimrod going to continue to learn as, you know, in some of the more recent, recent issues, um, you had X Force being sent to attack uh, up the at Orcus their station. Facility, and, yeah, 
um, and they are remembering these attacks over and over by the same the same people leading them to understand that there's some sort of resurrection protocol happening um, realizing that these characters keep coming back for more because they don't remember um, I'm really interested to see the next step that they decide to take with Orcus I, with Nimrod that, and Omega Sentinel that is my number 7 as well I just titled it Orcus Rising I think I'm just I am it, it has been a good month for Orcus uh, between Duggan's X-Men uh, that just revealed kind of our, our power players at the table and then the end of Inferno um, with with the reveal of, of Omega Sentinel's true true origin and just tying that all in together. I am I am very excited. Uh, you have not read it yet, but Devil's Reign, uh, this current issue hints at a bit more of a very uh, a very active consumerism version of Orcus that I think is making its way uh, to to maybe some some mainline culture uh, that I'm I'm excited to see into play um, I think just seeing seeing Orcus out and about and growing in power and in growing in um, popularity I think as the X-Men continue to make some bold moves um, is going to be really excited to say so I'm gonna I'm gonna jump ahead of you for this one and because you mentioned her and I'm going to say my number six. I am very excited for Abigail Brand and anything that she does. Um, I was both devastated and so excited by her um, heel turn, like double agent status at the end of S.W.O.R.D. But seeing her just hang, hanging out with the Orcus top dogs, like in her S.W.O.R.D. uniform still, like with with x-men insignias across her but still being like now nah, what do we need to do to take them down for the betterment of of everything mm-hmm. is is so exciting to me she has always been one of the more interesting characters in modern marvel and i i'm really excited to see what ewing does with her what duggan does with her uh, with, with anyone who wants to to play as long as they continue to i think respect her as the the mastermind powerhouse I know oftentimes she gets compared to Nick Fury in space, but I feel like at this point she's so beyond that right. for me. Where she is, she is she's Nick Fury is, is always playing with the world's best interest, but really like America's best interest at heart. And seeing her think on a more global scale, um, it's it's very exciting. This has been a good year for Abigail Brand. And I love the underlying tension that you get there. Like um, before we began recording, we talked a lot about the last, you know years of the x-men books you've had this underlying tension of moira always being unseen in the background and things and that's kind of a new version of that tension where abigail brand is you know having meetings with orcus and you know and standing there in her sword uniform but also still playing nice with mutants in krakoa and so we have this underlying tension there of like what is brand going to do Um, how long until some of our heroes on Krakoa find out about her involvement there? There's there's that really fun um, right after um, Duggan and Noto finished on Cable. Then Cable was also in Sword, and so they had to age him up. Mm-hmm. So Ewing did that one shot, Cable reloaded during his last Annihilation Wave, and part of that deal was... Um, Abigail saying like I do not know what he knows 
about the future and about me and what I'm about to do. And so I think that's something that's really exciting. And yeah. Cable Cable was so present during the last era of Krakoa. And now it's, we haven't seen Cable in a while because mm-hmm. of this this uh, X-Lives, X-Deaths pause. But I'm very excited to see, hopefully, some some of him back in the, in the forefront of whatever X-Men Red starts to shape into. Yeah, um, speaking of X-Men Red, actually, that leads us right into my next one. Um, I'm really excited about all of the council books that are happening right now um, in uh, in one of the more recent Duggan X-Men issues. We kind of have this Orcus council that's happening, and you have the Quiet Council book beginning next week in Immortal X-Men, um, but I'm really excited about this new council on Araka that... Um, that Storm is leading and some of the voices that you have on that council that sometimes are not the most friendly. She's had confrontations with Tarn. Um, <laughs> so good. Iska the Unbeaten being a major character up there. You know, I'm very interested in seeing how this council operates in mirror to what we're seeing with the Quiet Council on Krakoa. Um, with Storm having to be involved in both of those councils. Yeah. So... Um, I think that's my next one. I'm really intrigued to just see more of of this new planet full of all of these really strange mutants. That That is my number five. So that's a great segue into that. I, I am so excited for more Rocco. Yeah. And the fact that a whole book is now designated towards that and swords started getting there. What's funny is after the Hellfire Gala, I felt like every book wanted to play on Rocco all of a mm-hmm. sudden. Like and you just saw all these different facets but they have they've created the coolest star wars planet in an x-men book right and so i am i'm very excited to see that explored more uh both the council that you're talking about but also just these other mutants who have been living in a hell dimension mm-hmm. for, for centuries that now have a chance to start over right i i am but also have evolve just warmongering powers right um so i am i'm super interested i feel like that is just so ripe with potential and even though i just joked that different people were playing in that sandbox no one's really touched a rocco yet right um which which <laughs> i, I cool to have that that's a lot of restraint on their part but I'm, I'm very excited to see a rocco get weird and i think a couple of threads that i'm interested in seeing if they'll decide to pull because um, you know, in the in the first few phases of this era of X Men, I've really loved reading about what Apocalypse is up to. Yeah, Apocalypse was one of my just top favorite. Every time he popped up, I was stoked to just see what he was gonna do, what he was gonna say. Um, and I we've talked separately before about how much we feel his absence post yeah. Ten of Swords. So I don't know how long we'll have to continue waiting until we find apocalypse and genesis and the children like how they would respond to everything happening here um i would love to see how apocalypse feels about krakoa and arako being one but also being separate yeah you know this this planet of mutants now um i'd love to see how he would feel about everything um I don't know if they would decide to bring him back as to make the ending of Ten of Swords feel a little less consequential. Yeah. Um, but I would love to see how he responds, how, you know, the nations, the mutant nations being reunited, but also he but also being reunited with his wife yeah. and children. 
there's a lot of really cool stuff that they could do with that. So if you're listening, Marvel, that is Riley's petition for the Apocalypse Feelings one shot. Mm-hmm. I love Apocalypse. <laughs> apocalypse Feelings for sure. Just the Apocalypse Feelings. Mm-hmm. How much would you pay for that book? That's mm-hmm. a one shot Apocalypse Feelings. At least three ninety nine. At least at, at least three ninety nine. Mm-hmm. I'm glad you're at least putting putting a minimum cap on it. I could see that being like a really cool. That would be a great New Year special. Yeah. Call it like Apocalypse mm-hmm. New Year, and it's 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 a it's a journal of his past year in the Amantel dimension. Yeah. I and it's like a Christmas card. Maybe he's maybe he sends Krakoa a Christmas card, and I that's mean, that's yeah. the framing of the book. He's done what he set out to do. You know, I'm interested in seeing how he feels if he's got you know, I don't know, swing trunks on and. A little, a little drink in his hand with a pink umbrella. What's he doing? I, I really like that. I think that is a great segue into into my, into my really number four. With segues um, I, I, all the segues here on Immortal X Friends. Um, I, I really want some more romance in this next phase. Um, X Men have the the best looking characters mm-hmm. in all comics, okay. and we're now we're now in a. Uh, they're in a new age of mutantdom, and we have seen some very, very open relationships, very varied relationships and couplings. But at the same time, I feel like we haven't really gotten a lot of romance. Mm. We haven't really gotten a lot of a lot of the great mutant love stories of the past. Yeah, we've seen some dabblings in it. We've seen Kate Pride try to try to find some love. Um, we've we've seen a, uh, we've seen Cable and Quentin Quire and the mm-hmm. Cuckoos dating a little bit. Yeah. We've seen Gene and Logan and, and Scott and Gene and Emma and Scott and maybe Gene and Emma occasionally. There, there's been some I mean, looks. We just don't know. I mean, we just don't just, know, just but don't I, know. I don't need any any one true pairings, but I would I would like some. I would like to see a bit more a bit more romance during this mm-hmm. next phase. So I am proposing you got to propose your Apocalypse Feelings book. Mm-hmm. I want the Green Lagoon book. I want the cheers of the X-Men line where it's yeah. it's like all of the after hours talks with Blob as the bartender yeah. serving up drinks they to Krakoa. They just go to hang out. They talk. They hook mm-hmm. up. They make mistakes. They yeah. chat about it. I, I'm not saying it needs to be a weekly book or a monthly book, but maybe just every quarter yeah. drop a Green Lagoon book. I, I think I am here for that. That is, that is a hope and expectation that I have. Mm-hmm. Um, if I had to, uh, if I had to talk about a, a coupling that I would love to see more of. Man, episode one, uh, and we're already into couplings. Yeah, this is great. This yeah. is a true X-Men podcast. Um, something that I felt was a very special, um, kind of story that has not really taken off in further issues is, um, the children of the vault issue of mm. X-Men, um, and, you know, while there is a lot of cool potential for stories there, the, the actual children of the vault and everything that happens in there, that's, you know, really cool potential. Um, but something that I thought was really special is that, you know, you have these two characters who lived lifetimes together in this vault um, and Laura doesn't remember, you know. And so you have this, like, really deep, you know, not just attraction kind of love story happening that ultimately ends up being this like really tragic thing. Yeah. Um, you have a character who remembers a lifetime of being united with this person in like every level 
imaginable and that person just kind of has to like accept that the person that I lived these lifetimes with doesn't remember any of it you know um, and I feel like that's a really deep pool of emotional storytelling that they could tap into I would love to see them have conversations about what happened in the vault um, I would love to see sync began to talk to her about these things rather than it just be like a well i'll just remember from afar kind of thing yeah um i think that that's a really deep pool of emotional storytelling that could be really interesting in the next phase i completely agree and i feel like it's it's just been very loosely hinted at in duggan's x-men and their yeah. relationships to each other so i i am really hoping that that gets there um i guess the pairing that i'll go off of that that i am very excited about in Legion of X, it looks like Blindfold mm. is returning. Blindfold has been off the board, especially because of the no precogs on Krakoa rule. Mm-hmm. Um, she got taken out um, pretty pretty early in the... I'm totally blanking right now. The X-Men run that took place right before Hawks Pox. And I, I'm very excited to make her make her return with, um, with Legion. Mm-hmm. Um, the X-Men Legacy book by Cy Spurrier uh, from during the Marvel Now campaign right after AVX was, was, was very fun and seeing Blindfold and Legion at the center of that I am, I'm excited to see their reunion now that um, David's had a little bit of time to grow up a little bit right. so I'm, I'm looking forward to her return I was really excited to see her even as just a spectral form in the solicits mm. Well, we've got another excellent segue on our hands. Um, oh my goodness, the, love the these segues. That, the next one that I would bring up is um, I really had a soft spot in the last phase for Way of X and for um, all of the things going on with Nightcrawler and his story arc with the spark and everything happening with him and Onslaught. Um, I am interested in reading the next version of this, seeing how um, the Spark and Nightcrawler's mutant religion kind of pushes forward. Um, Not everyone will surely be accepting of Nightcrawler's ideas, so I'm sure that this is going to bring some tension, but I really did love how they were able to focus on the idea of Nightcrawler finding the way forward for mutants um, and not allowing the resurrection process to be a way for mutants to just kind of throw away their lives as being unimportant or inconsequential because yeah. we'll just be resurrected anyway. Um, so I think that this is a really interesting idea. It's very different from any of the other books that were happening in the line. You know, um, I appreciate the fact that each of the books that we had in Reign of X was very easy to separate from all of the others. Um, and I liked the fact that we had a book dedicated solely to finding the soul of Krakoa at a time where mutants can just kind of die and have it be arbitrary, especially when it comes to, you know, it being like a social media trend, like, oh, you haven't died yet. Like you need to have your first time. And as it, you know, it turns into this thing that almost feels like, you know, something that you would see on TikTok or something, um, having this idea that life is still important and to be cherished in a world where you can die and be resurrected. I think that's a really unique idea. So I'm hoping that they take that and kind of just push it into the next steps with the um, Legion of X. I hope so too. I I really feel like Legion of X and as, as like the philosophy book 
can really stand apart yeah. from from some of the others which once again i think that really leads into what i'm excited about this next one's gonna sound like a jab but it's not i i am very excited that there is no x core in this next lineup but i want there to be the next x core and by that i mean a book that is still willing to try to tackle something as kind of obscure as like the business side mm-hmm. of of a mutant nation but i want it to be like legion of x like way of x was where they they double down on it they're they're fine with being the weird book they not they don't just try i think when x core didn't work for either of us was when it tried to still be like kind of a classic superhero book right instead of just being the board meetings and the discussions which clearly like hickman and crew showed could work and so I, I'm hoping that there is some other weird book that hasn't been announced yet that deals with maybe the more a more nuanced side of something right. during this Krakoan era. I do appreciate that so many of the books that have come out, even the ones that haven't hit the mark for me, they come from an angle that is really kind of bold and out there versus what you kind of would expect, right? Yeah. You, you might expect, you know, your four or five main characters to have their own book with like an angle but you might not necessarily expect there to be a book about pharmaceuticals and the business of you know like i i appreciated the angle that they decided to go for because i feel like it was very outside the box what you would expect to happen it just ultimately didn't be it didn't land it wasn't the most exciting read in the entire line um but I do appreciate some of the bold choices that some of the writers have been making. Um, so I guess this is now this is our number ones. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, you know, even though we've been going, you know, in backwards order, I wouldn't say that this is necessarily the one that I'm looking forward to the most. But as we have had a lot of discussions today outside of this recording with lives and deaths of, uh, of Wolverine, um, something that we looked forward to seeing uh after the conclusion of inferno 4 which you can tell we both really loved um was you know uh eric and charles both died trying to find and save moira from what they thought was moira being captured by orcus and you know ultimately they were killed in the battle with nimrod and omega sentinel so my biggest question for you know, lives and deaths of Wolverine is what do Eric and Charles do next? What is their next step after, you know, they, they died. So they have no knowledge of what happened in their final day or hours or whatever it might be. So (laughs) whenever that ambiguous backup takes place, right? So what are they going to do? You know, they don't know that at least to our knowledge, they don't know that Moira has been depowered yet. So, what's their next step i'm really i'm sure that immortal x-men will start to cover this but that was my biggest question following um inferno so i'm hoping that there are some answers to this because lives and deaths just didn't take the take that path so hopefully we find out what's happening with the two of them um they spent so much time and energy hiding moira protecting that secret and now for her to just be gone what? And, yeah, then, and, and then show up spoilers for for the last issue of 
of lives and deaths, but like for her to just show up and then die again right. on their lawn, like yeah, like they 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 are either the most oh wow like I guess I guess we're still here. Mm-hmm. The timeline didn't reset, or or there was some fill in the blanks that needs to happen over the next few weeks, which I could really right. see them doing. Yeah, that's my biggest yeah. question mark. Hoping that that has some answers moving forward. And that leads me to my number one. Um, I am absolutely thrilled that both uh, that Kieran Gillen is writing both Eternals and X Men right now, and that that is leading towards the Judgment Day event um, this summer. Um, Riley and I have a shared bond over big comic crossovers both dumb and great whether that is abx or siege or house of m civil war and um i am i'm very excited that there is a a a writer who uh i think we're both like pretty pretty fond of um that is that is helming this up and and just seeing some of the work that he is doing on eternals and their own resurrection process and um them dealing with the idea of of societal archetypes for generations and now encountering uh, a quiet council of new eternals essentially with the x-men having to make similar decisions i'm, I'm very curious to see how that all comes into head and um i am i'm so excited that a writer like this gets to follow follow in hickman's footsteps right i will say that um i was not personally excited for judgment day feeling that judgment day was just going to be a thing that is kind of getting in the way of the next generation of x books yeah um but knowing that gillen does have the chance to write not only the eternal side of things but also now the krakoan side of things with the mortal x-men it is going to be really intriguing to see how he plays those two groups against each other versus two different writers having to kind of work together to make that work um all of this coming from this one person will be a very cool experience to read i think yeah this will be very fun well there you have it uh thank you for listening those are our top 10 um hopes and excitements for the destiny of x which starts next week uh with immortal x-men number one and uh, I think Marauders number one is next week too. I believe so. Uh, so that should be really exciting. Uh, we will be back uh, giving some of our initial thoughts. Yeah. I think next week we're looking forward to it. Um, thanks for listening. And yeah, this is going to be a really fun project. Um, really love these books. So yeah. hopefully they uh, they just keep surprising and thrilling us as we read them. I hope so. So uh, we will be back soon. Thanks for listening. Uh, goodbye. See ya. Read comics. <laughs>